Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? My name is Steve. Hi, Steve. Is it possible you can give me a couple of them points and an A and A ale for me and me mate? I'm sorry, we don't have it, sir. I'm sorry, it's a bit noisy in here. Say again. We don't have it. I'm sorry, chap. One more time. We don't fucking have it. Hey, what did the blimey bloke say? He says the A and A ale. He does any. Oh, Steve. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to the emails. Um, first up. <clears throat> Duke Dre 23, uh, Snowfall. Yo, Aries, it's your boy Dre. Listen, man, I want to say, I want you to save this email until after you watch Snowfall season four. I know you haven't watched it yet, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. All I'm going to say is, nigga, holy shit. They just brought back one of the most famous scenes in movie history, and I wish I could say what movie, but I can't because it'll spoil it. But my nigga, they just brought Franklin to a whole new level. All right, man, stay safe. Love y'all, man. Your boy, Dre. Do you know what he's talking about without spoiling it? No, because I haven't watched the last... I'm waiting to watch the last episode till you're kind of caught up because I don't want to ca- call you and be like, oh! Right. So, <clears throat> I, But I've seen up to the last episode. That's where I'm at. But you haven't seen the last episode. Nope, and that's the episode that's supposed to have... Like That's supposed to be when the can opens. So, uh, well, without giving anything away... Everybody was saying episode eight was explosive. Do you remember episode eight? Yeah. It, is it like? <gasps> yeah, it's all great. Yeah, dude. Uh, as this, you know, it's it's. Uh, I I thought they were going to do longer than uh, like it would be more episodes. This one, but it's no, shorter. It's, no, it's shorter. This was that. That was it. And then they're going to come back with another. Well, a whole season is ten episodes. Yeah, but that's. I thought there was more episodes. Nah, than that. Every season is ten episodes. That's not enough. Well, I mean, shit, when something is good, it's never enough, I mean, but that's part of the point. Part reason I don't even really notice is because when I uh, watched it the first, you know, I we, we got to it late, so right. I just watched everything. Let me ask you this. So what is this? This is season four. Yeah. Is this the best season of all the seasons? No. No? I don't think so. What would you say is? I still like the first, I, I like the first, I, I like the first season, how it opened up and how right. it got started, and there was... Um, you know, it was like there was a little, there was a few areas where you had a little suspension disbelief, but I thought it was cool. You know, it, it really it was a brand new story, so of course, right. you know, the characters were still developing, and I knew who they were, so it just had a lot into it. So, season one for you is number one so far, but you know, I, I haven't seen this last episode, so who knows? Um, season three to me was the best of you, the three. Really? Yeah, I love season three because that's when he kind of was 
in his Franklin shit now, and then the whole thing with the the girl strung out on the drugs, yeah. and, you know, her shooting him, and it really left you want more. So season three to me was the best of the three so far. I think season one was the best to me also because as you described that Franklin character mm-hmm. and someone who is kind of out of his depths but knows that this is what he's going to go do. Right. I, I, I related to that character. Like okay. I, under, I understood that, that guy. Right. Like uh, this is something that I would have never – like his – I mean I understood him completely. This is – I was going to college. This is something I never was thinking I was going to do. But if I'm right. going to do this, I'm going to do it like a college uh, graduate is taking his business savvy to this, to this job. Somebody on Instagram was like, you know, and I know you know because you've seen it except the last episode. They was like, yo, Teddy is a motherfucker. True? Yeah. God. Well, here's my thing. I started to watch it and then uh, last week, but then I got caught up into doing some shit, so I didn't do it. But me and you have off next week. So next week, you're gonna get it. I'm getting it. So I'm gonna watch I'm, when I get I'm, back. I'm then. getting it in. Yeah, but Teddy, you know, just just to just to say this though, since mm-hmm. you said that, uh, that is the definition of someone who is doing what he knows is wrong, but doing it for what he believes is the right re- right reasons. And we see this a lot in American society. When you know something's wrong, you should check yourself. But is he breaking any laws? Yeah, he's breaking laws. Oh, all right. Not only is he breaking laws, he's no, he knows he's doing something wrong. Right. Okay, uh, and you know they 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 they've they've shown a couple previews on TV, and of course I've seen it on social media, and uh, I saw the one preview where Franklin's father's yelling at him about something, and Franklin cocks this nigga in the jaw. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there it is. We gonna get it in. I, I just want to make sure I said that right because a lot of times I get accused of saying things that doesn't sound right. right. What I what I'm trying to say that is, uh, you know, you can get in good trouble. I'm not saying you can do something illegal or wrong. Well, no, there's a quote. Um, I don't know if it was James Baldwin. I don't think it was Martin Luther King. It, it might have been James Baldwin, but it was one of those social civil rights activists who said. Get caught up in good trouble. Yeah. Get protests and, 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 you know, trying to make a difference. But you could see, like, if you're, and, and, you know, the, a lot of people said the CIA thing is far-fetched. It's not as far-fetched as people think who are watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know something, but if you plainly see that something is wrong, mm-hmm. like you're, you're, you're poisoning a, neighbor, a neighborhood in your, uh, in your country, Right. You know that's wrong, despite all the reasons of saving uh, uh, the Contras. What you know, he's trying to. It was wrong, and he and, and you know this is what this is where this all going to intersect, though, as we as we <clears> continue <throat> to go on. So I, I just wanted to say that because I, I I think there's you know when we watch these movies that are good, like you said, man food, it right. gives you this, but there's there's messages in there too. There's some meaning right. in there. Well, and and that's the reason why I asked you what you thought. What season did you think? Was the best because again, and I know I catch a lot of flack for saying this. I'm sorry, y'all. I think The Wire is one of the most overrated shows. It had me in season one, particularly because I loved Wood Harris and Idris Elba. But season two is where it dropped off for me. The storyline about the docks. Then by the time season three came around, I was kind of back on board because again, I like Idris Elba and Wood Harris. But it just didn't feel that consistent grabbing me thing. It didn't. And, and then when the characters Snoop and Marlo came in, I didn't care as much. You didn't. It's the pacing. <clears throat> it's the pacing that that bothers you a lot. I think the pace, You like a little bit quicker pace. You want to see. Yeah. And 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 a little bit more hard edge. Yeah. I, I felt well, like the wire at times was real story driven. And not enough raw edge. Because it started off with a little bit more raw edge. Yeah. And then it got to very story. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Okay. I'm going back and watching The Wire again, though, because I, I didn't watch it like straight through. Like I'd mm-hmm. watch a few episodes and I would miss a couple of, and I and I never got the the full effect. But every, people still tell me how great it is. So I'm you, going back. You, you know what's on my to-do list, and I'm gonna get to it. I just feel like because I've seen shows like Sopranos, Snowfall, um, Power, even the wire is the shield. Yeah. Like, like I just feel like because it ain't HBO or a network where you could really get gritty. I'm like, how gritty can it get? 
but that's the challenge those networks have, and they've done a good job in a lot of them. I haven't seen the Shield either, and I like the what, what, Chicklets. Is that his Michael Chick Chick Chicklets Chicklets something yes. like that? He he's actually you know. I think he's pretty good. I just he's never seen. I never really have followed his career, but every time I see him in anything, it's it's mm. pretty good. All right. Um, <clears throat> Gregory Johnson, Road to Perdition. Hey, A and A. I'm a day one listener. I found you guys via the About Last Night podcast. I normally don't attempt to contact entertainers, but I really enjoy your podcast. Aries, you are hilarious, and Andy, you are a funny man when you let yourself be. Mm. I've said that several times, Aries to Andy. I think you sometimes hold back too much. Though I can tell as the podcast has grown, so has your willingness to just be funny. Also, Andy, I got your back on most of your takes on things other listeners kill you for. As some others have mentioned, most of the listeners that attack you aren't really listening to the entirety of your argument. They hear a small part they disagree with and jump all over it without hear it all and processing it all. You guys are truly a great team. I live in Riverside, Cali, so when things open back up and shows come back, I will definitely come out to see you too. But the main reason of my email, I forget which episode it was, you guys were talking about Tom Hanks never really playing a bad guy, which immediately brought to mind one of my favorite movies, Road to Perdition. Tom Hanks plays a hitman in the 1920s. Hanks' son in the movie sees him make a hit with another person, that person thinks the kid will snitch and attempts to kill them both. So it shows Hanks attempting to protect his son. I think you both will really enjoy it. Again, thanks for the great entertainment. Greg Johnson. I have heard of that movie. Never I've never saw seen it. it. I've never seen it at all. And I don't remember even. I don't even remember it. Really? Yeah. So I, I'm interested in seeing that. Uh, I think I want to say it's like a little bit of a period piece because he's in a fedora and a suit and a trench coat. So I think it's one of those... Like 50s, 40s, 50s movies? 40s, maybe yeah. 40s, 30s even. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, listen, man, even, even, even though I haven't seen the movie, my question becomes, does he play this bad guy and his true nature is of a bad guy? Because the moment I hear you say, protect his son, it starts to feel... Obviously... Any parent would protect their child, but it starts to feel like he's a good guy now. And Tom Hanks is so nice in terms of a nice guy. I can't see him getting gritty. So even when you're telling me he's a hitman, I'm going, okay, that's the gritty part. But then if you tell me he's saving his son, now he's reverting back to a nice guy. It, well, it's kind of like Will Smith in, when he's uh, what's it, what, in Suicide Squad. What's his name? Oh, uh, Deadshot. Deadshot. You know, he's, he's a paid assassin, but then he's a nice guy because of his kid. You know, he's, his kid getting his kid to school. Right, right. So you don't feel that, that, right. that, yeah. When you say Tom Hanks dirty, I want Tom Hanks dirty like Denzel Alonzo training day dirty. There was no niceness. He was that guy. He gets killed in the end. The niggas in the hood turn on him. I just can't see Tom... Getting gritty like that. Well, I'm man. gonna I'm gonna watch it because I want to see I, I want to see what this. Uh, he has that new movie too, where he's like, uh, is is it more like I haven't seen it. I don't even mm -hmm. really know what it's about, but it's it, it takes place I think after the Civil War. Mm. So it's a it's a more period piece. Yeah, but I want to see that too. That that just came out on some streaming platform. Okay, so yeah, I'll check it out too. And a shout out to Riverside, the the underserved part of L uh, California. We'll, we'll get back to you, brother, <laughs> uh, uh, on, on that. Yeah, because you have to, to come out and see us in L.A. or you know even in Bray or Irvine. Irvine, or that's Ontario. still a drive, man. Yeah. yeah, that's how I know I'm almost, almost, almost Cali bound. Yeah, when I hit Riverside, right? Uh, Kenneth Salter, what up, ANA? I'm just going to be very brief here. So when we address systemic changes, here's one I thought was a great start. There is a school in Atlanta that was named after a notorious Ku Klux Klan member. I can't remember the guy named, but the state just voted unanimously to rename it after Hank Aaron. And what do you think they will teach? Uh, and do you think they will teach? And do you think they will teach in that school? I'm not sure, but curriculum in terms of uh, articulation should be agenda number one at school. And you should enroll, my friend. 
$10, a lot of money. <laughs> the answer is black history. Let me know what y'all think. And for the fellas, let's not disrespect our black queens, no matter who they are. Much love. Thank you, Kenneth. You know we busting your testes, nigga. Um, I would think they would, you know, first of all, it's in Atlanta, which is just as much, or I think probably more, Chocolate City than D.C., which was always called Chocolate City. Uh, you know, I know there's white people that live in Atlanta, but when I go to Atlanta, I don't see them motherfuckers much. I, saw, I found Mexicans that live in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I know there's white people in Atlanta because Dave shot, what, what, what was it? I think the special s- sticks and stones in Atlanta. And that audience was so mixed. A lot of white people. So they're out there. Them motherfuckers is hidden somewhere. Um, so I, I would imagine it would it be in Atlanta and with them naming it Hank Aaron, the curriculum. Uh, good question. I don't know that they go deeper with black history other than what we've always been taught, which is the same old shit. Okay. Uh, someone said that I should defer when it's things that I'm speaking out of my depths about. To me. Remember that email yes, we got? yesterday. Okay, so here's, here's what I would like to say. So it's last week's episode. That yes. Someone said that to me. I would like to say this because I said it last week too. Right. Same thing. Uh, I wish they would teach American history. Which is black history. Exactly. Yes. And if we teach the history of America correctly, all of history gets in, is encompassed in that. And, and, and then we learn actually what black people's uh, not only commitment to this country has been, because this is the thing that gets overlooked too. The commitment that black folks have had to this country, despite what this country has done to them is, is unbelievable. This, that is unbelievable alone. So as we, as we, we would examine our history and we would teach more about uh, the railroads and how that got built, because that's a very important part. But then Chinese build a road? Yeah. But I'm just saying, we don't experience any of this history. How, how much? Big shout out to all the Asians and their patadas. There you go. But that's a huge part of America because we, we were able to connect uh, both the, the West and East Coast through the railroads. Uh, and that was also done with free labor from blacks as well, mm-hmm. even though uh, blacks were supposed to be free at, at uh, portions of that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our history needs to be examined, and it should be examined, and it should be uh, done in a different way, and it should be called uh, American history, and we could even spice it up by saying a scene through, and then where it was talking about black history and the involvement of blacks in this country, the involvement of the, the Asians in this country, and an honest look at the white, uh, what happened in the white communities here and the division of whites in this country. Um, I think it would be amazing to actually have real history taught in school. Well, let me ask you this, since you've said this on numerous occasions. When you say we shouldn't remove the statues of racist Confederate generals and soldiers, and that way we know the history, should they change the name of the school? Uh, first of all, um, I, don't think th- I never said that they shouldn't remove them. I said that they shouldn't destroy them. I don't think that they should Isn't be. Isn't that the same thing? No, I think they should be taken down from neighborhoods where it's just been put, where a lot of these, especially especially the Civil War soldiers, were put up just to remind or to let people know, uh, yes, you were free, but just remember, you're not. Mm. So those should be moved to museums because they are still part of this history. Um, Frankly, if you need to go see them, if it's part of history, I think destroying history doesn't do anything. It doesn't rewrite the history. It just, uh, it, it, it's just an act. It, it's symbolic. And, but I do think coming down and preserving those would be worthwhile. Some of them I don't even think are necessary to be preserved because they were put up for definitely only one reason, and that was to perpetuate continued amount of racism. Uh, some, uh, some people would, uh, would say all of them are. I... I would be hard pressed to say that um, that isn't part of the history of America and should be preserved in some way. Because again, I'm one of those firm believers that if you destroy or try to rewrite history, uh, the people who are in charge will later tell you that this never happened. So that's why it's important for history to be preserved to me. Uh, as far as the school goes, I don't think anybody who goes to a school um, and has to sit in a building with the name of a, a, a of a Ku Klux Klan member or any any like a lot of the Civil War soldiers. I don't think any of that is necessary. I think those should be renamed. But like when we talk about the Edmund Pettus Bridge 
and we talk about uh, Mr. Lewis crossing that bridge. I don't think that 200 years from now it would mean the same when you said that you know John Lewis crosses the Lewis Bridge. That it does it, it, it doesn't have the same. It needs. So you that, think it should stay Peter's Peter's Bridge? Yeah, because and I, like I said this before, I think there should be. If you wanted to add a walkway to the bridge and rename that for for Mr. Lewis, that would be fine to me. That would make sense to me. But the fact that when you I agree with you on that. Because when you watch his, when you watch a movie or when you read about it, it's important that he crossed that bridge, and, and th- th- that crossing symbolizes something. Well, not and, just that, but the name. Well, is, yeah. is, is synonymous with that historical moment, right? And if you change that, you're kind of rewriting history, and it loses some of its um, oomph. If, if, right. there, if, I, if there's no other way to say it, that, that that it, it takes away from from what actually happened. If you if you change that, now schools are different. Schools don't have that same kind of it's not like this school meant this. It, 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 when you go to school and, and you're constantly, what school do you go to? Uh, racist KKK school? Uh, that, and you know that, you know that uh, that doesn't do anybody any good. I so don't, you think they should change? Yeah, I think, all the, I think schools, things that are public service like that, that somebody sits in, uh, especially children, those should all be changed. But again, moments in history, when you try to remove that or try to change it to make it pretty, you know, you just said something about the movie. We were just talking about the movies. You like something a little grittier. Right. History needs that grittiness to be left in it so you understand how momentous that moment was. And how brutal yes. it and, was. And if you change that, you start making it pretty. You start polishing things. You start cleaning them up. Right. You lose that. Okay. That, that's my opinion. I could be completely wrong. And I defer to you and any other I, minority that want to talk I, about I, it. I agree. I, I, I totally agree. Um, but yeah. I just don't trust, I don't trust, I don't know how to say this without making it just white. I don't trust, I don't trust power to have an eraser because they will change what happened. And they, just like this country, how we, t- how we teach in this country, how we got this country. Well, shit, power having an eraser has, we see that in Hollywood. Cleopatra was not Elizabeth Taylor. No. But that, you know, they made a movie for white people. Jesus is not, uh, what's my man played him in, Joe Caviezel. No. Uh, whatever, Caviezel. So, yeah, it is Caviezel. Yeah, you know, you know, come on, man. Uh, again, hair of, uh, skin of bronze, hair of wool. That sounds like a nigga. And I know some people will write in and go Middle Eastern. There's something about Middle Eastern descent. Okay, fuck it. Sad nigga. Fried chicken and ribs, nigga. Either way, it wasn't a motherfucker with long, stringy hair that looked like he just got out the shower wet. There's going to be an email on that, I promise you. From? From, from, from just, just to correct everybody? me. To, no, not you, to me. To correct me. Because I remember at one point, I, I think I Instagrammed some shit about that. About, you know, why do they always portray Jesus to be a white man when history has told us you know, again, skin of bronze, hair of wool. That ain't not, that's not a white man. No. And then people will go, no, but it's Middle Eastern. I guess. But you know why he's portrayed as a white man, right? Because people in power have a racist. Well, also because when uh, in Europe, when they were paying and commissioning artwork from artists, they wanted Jesus to reflect their look. And the people that were paying, again, like you just said, the people with money, the people in power... They didn't want you to come at them with a uh, a hair of uh, skin of bronze, a hair of wool uh, person. They wanted somebody that looked like them because that's how they related to. It. Because if in in the Bible it says uh, there's there's some uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote this because it's not my area, uh, but basically you know that he looks like us. But what is us? Because he might have two legs and two arms, is that what is that what the us is? Or because he looks like us inside, like our soul? I don't really understand it. I think there's more to the Bible and any any literature that's written about God is spoken to someone who can't understand somebody who could create this or something that could create this. So it's made. I, it's made, and I don't want to go too far back into some other episodes that we've talked about, but it's made so that we can understand it in our limited capacity to understand the universe. Mm. All right. Uh, we will get the emails on this one. I know it. I can feel it. 
I can feel it. Um, Chris Granja, Philadelphia. Sup, guys? This is a quick one. I hear the love for Denzel and Tom Hanks, but I've never heard you guys speak on the movie Philadelphia. Great movie with both Hanks and Washington. Yeah, man. Um, when you got two motherfucking heavyweights that got so many great movies in their repertoire, you forget some. And that's one of the great ones. Um, yeah, man. Uh, that's one of those that where Denzel don't miss and, and Tom Hanks didn't miss. Um, I love the honesty of it from, from those two scenes with Denzel where – actually, three scenes – the one where he's in the bar with all his colleagues and uh, uh, one of his colleagues gives him shit and goes, you know, you're not getting light in your, your, your feet there, are you? Because you, you, you're defending this gay guy. And then uh, Denzel pokes back at him and basically says, yeah, I might be gay. You know, me and you, remember that time we did such and such? And the guy goes, hey, man, that's not funny. And then Denzel goes, hey, look, man, I don't like these motherfuckers. I, you know, I hate these motherfuckers, but the law's been broken. You do remember the law, don't you? Huh? And then, and then the bartender goes, you got that right, Joe. I hate these tutti fruities too. And then there was the other moment where he's in the kitchen with his wife and Denzel's wearing the apron. And he bumps the two chicken legs together because he finds out that uh, one of the, her relatives was a lesbian. And he goes, you know, those guys, I can't stand that fucking shit. Um, and then there's the other scene where the, the gay dude asks him out for a drink um, and flirts with him. And Denzel at first doesn't get that until the guy points it out. And Denzel goes, do I look gay to you? And the gay, gay, gay guy goes, do I look gay to you? And Denzel snatches him by the collar and pulls him over the fucking aisle and goes, that's the problem with you motherfuckers. That's why nobody likes you. And then he walks out. So he did what he, he did what he knew was right because that was his job. Um, but he felt how he felt. And of course, towards the end of the movie, you see him turn and the compassion and the human... The humanness. The humanness of... This is a man losing his life to a fucked up disease. So I just love the honesty of it. Because again, I just think that... And, and, and gay, straight, life's hard. Do what you got to do. Love who you love. But I'm, in, I'm entitled to my feelings. As long as I'm not... And I've said this a million times. As long as I'm not denying you anything. As long as I'm not physically hurting you. Verbally hurting you. I'm entitled to how I feel. So, uh, the actual words, uh, and I don't remember the whole quote, but I remember him saying this because I, this, this moment stuck out to me is it, what he says is you make me sick is what mm. he said. Sick. He used the word sick. Right. And that moment in that movie was right. cr- cringeworthy. I mean, right. I went, Ooh, like right. this, this is making, and you could see, uh, how passionate he was about his, his vitriol right. towards that get to, to 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 gayness, right? That's what a good. I I don't know who he is. Denzel is a person. I'm not going to try to decide who he is and how he feels about anybody in this world, right? But at that moment, as an actor, he sold it to you. He fuck, dude. I didn't like him at that moment. Right, I was right, like, right. Look at look at it. Look at how he just how he just turned on right. this person. Right. Uh, same person. And this is this is what the beauty of the movie too. Same person does a good job, gets recruited, brought into this business, and as soon as you find out, he did nothing to the business. Right. But as soon as you find out his his sexual his sexual preference, they wanted to, they wanted him out of the business. It didn't right. change it, no matter how good he was. Right, it was just that. I'm glad you mentioned that because remember the scene where Denzel and this is where he did the turn, where Tom Hanks is in the library researching. And Denzel's in there, and he spots him from a distance, but kind of moves his books to cover his face so they don't connect. But then it's when the guy that works in the library basically says to Tom Hanks, we have a private room. Wouldn't you be more comfortable in there? And then Tom Hanks goes, would you be more comfortable if I was in there? And then that's when Denzel went, oh, shit, this is wrong, decides to confront him, sit down with him, take his case. They do research together. Do you think that the stigma towards HIV is the same as it was back then? No. It's complete. It's not as... Now it's like, pfft, whatever. Well, stigma, I don't know, maybe stigma. 
Uh, I just think that because it it is uh, you you can survive now. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. Yeah, I, I think that 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 changes the the outlook of it because people were afraid that they were going to get it just from shaking your hand, and so like I, it was I, COVID. Yeah, I think it, I think it was the, the people that weren't educated uh, for the for most part, and then. Um, just the idea of it and how it was, you know, being gay at that time, at that time of that movie was, was made. Was, yeah, it was not. It was not acceptable. Right. Um, even though it was acceptable, but it wasn't acceptable. And what I really liked about the movie, too, and what I really felt Denzel did excellent with the movie and, and not to take anything away from Tom Hanks, because he played a character of someone that he is not. He's married. He. Had, yeah. But he played that. I think he played, he played fuck it. Pretty, out of that. I think yeah. he played it honestly. But Denzel, even though he recognized the humanity and you saw that he had compassion for Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. and but you never he never let you know that he wasn't still was comfortable, even at the end of the movie. Yeah. Even at the yeah. end of the movie, he he just he he found respect and love for the for the humanity of Tom Hanks and his character. Right, but that didn't ever it, it never said like he he was like best buddies and that that uh, he was going to be his next door neighbors and his best friends were going to be gay tomorrow. Right. You knew that it was a process in that movie. And he, and I, I thought that movie was really well done. And I think that the reason sometimes that movie gets missed a little bit is because it does have a different tone than where we are today. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen those commercials now, uh, those HIV pill commercials where now they say you take this certain pill and you can't even transfer it. Yeah, it's not you, 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 it's not detected in you, so you can't transfer it sexually. No more condoms for me. <laughs> but it was really funny because my girl was we were watching TV one night, and uh, it was one of those days where we had nothing to do, and we watched TV. We just it was one that we just hung out at the house. Man. We watched TV. We ordered some food in. We just had a good day. Oh, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Yes, and. We were watching a lot of TV that day, and by the end of the night, it was probably the hundredth time we saw one of those HIV. Right. And and Tara just looks at me. She goes, "Does everybody have HIV now? <laughs> Does every like how many commercials? Right? Because right. it was like it was like watching a like a progressive car commercial right. or they, that you just see all day long. And this was one of them, so it was right. funny to me. Oh shit. Um, and and I thought also uh, Antonio Banderas did a great job too. Uh, a little sometimes too much of the Latin love and the Latin and the Latin spice and Latin Latin sauce. But he didn't try to steal the movie though either. No, and he you know, and that's his that's who he is. Right, you know? right. And he didn't steal it. Um, Uria Alston, uh, Derek Chauvin trial, Makia Bright. What's up, ANA? Man, I just wanted to say that your podcast really helps get me through, uh, make it through the week. I look forward to it each week. I had BNDC. Um, with the National Guard for a few months, but I finally caught back up on the episodes. The show really seems to be finding its identity, and as a listener, it seems like the show is flowing better than ever. Keep up the good work. Aries also wanted to say how powerful it was to see you and so many other black men crying after the George Floyd case was concluded. Some level of accountability was finally required. On your most recent post about the 15-year-old girl, I do have a question, though. If that whole situation was identical, except for the fact that the girl was white, do you think the police would have shot her on her own property like that after she had called them? Or do you think race had nothing to do with why he reacted the way, that way? Well, I'm sure that if you listen to uh, yesterday's episode, uh, you heard me address that. I think it's quite foolish, I'll say again, to think that if a cop arrived on the scene and saw a white girl in stabbing motion to stab another girl, and he had to make a second decision between life or death for the possible victim, I do not believe that he would stop and go, nah, I'm not going to shoot this white bitch because she's white. Get the fuck out of here. Um, and as far as, um, and, I, and I went into this, we talked about this so much, so I don't want to go too much, but I will say as far as the George Floyd crying thing, you know, listen, I, I will always say 
black people, I know we got a lot of work ahead of us. I know we've been doing a lot of fucked up shit. And as I said on yesterday's episode, America is at war with black people. I'm not naive enough to think that just because of one conviction of accountability that all of a sudden things have changed. But I hate when some black people jump on on us for having a moment. And I got called a lot of, man, fuck them fucking tears. That bullshit. We still got, yeah, I know, nigga, but let's have a day. And then we can get back to work. You know, I'm sure when Dr. King and them was marching, as much as they feet hurt, as much as they body ate, they took a day off. It don't mean the struggle stops. But every now and then, you got to sit the fuck down. Take a breath. Recollect yourself. And, 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 and the moment uh, he was found guilty was a moment where it was like, damn, word. And I remember, because Andy, and Andy was calling it. The whole time I'm going, yo, man, I don't think he's going to get convicted. I think we're going to get screwed again. And Andy was standing firm, a la dun 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 And then he called me, and I said, dude, you fucking called it. And I was emotional. He heard it in my voice. Oh, yeah. So it's like, come on, man. Let niggas have a day, you militant motherfuckers. You can still put the fist up. You can still put the fist up, but take the glove off for a day and put it back on the next day. Damn. That's like when 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 Trump left office. I was celebrating the fact that a lot that he was gone and a lot of black people hit me up like, you just traded one racist for another in Biden. I wasn't necessarily celebrating Biden as though he was this nigga savior and he was pure and a great white man who did all the right things. Yeah, I know about the past. I know he said some fucked up shit. Like I said, white people have white slip-ups. But my celebration was more about the fact that Darth Vader was gone. Let niggas have a day. Damn. Uh, can I comment on this? Yeah, white guy, defer. Defer. <laughs> um, one thing to your uh, to the militant uh, black people out there who are who are saying this. I, I gotta I gotta go with them on some part of this though that I understand what they're saying mm-hmm. because and this is why uh, the reason I was I stood firm on that conviction that mm-hmm. he was going to be convicted is as I said before uh, George Floyd wasn't killed in, in Minneapolis he was killed in everyone's living room we all bared witness to it we saw it the next time this happens and. A lot of people are right now yelling, it's happening already. Yeah. But I'm talking about the next time. It's not a question. It's, it's, this was blatant. There was no denying he had his knee on his neck. But then they're not going to have film like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. So maybe nothing happens the next time. And that's why I'm saying I understand um, their apprehension to celebrate it all. Right. So I, I get that. But... What made me feel better, and what makes me disagree with you a little bit on uh, on the how did you say that that uh, America's in war with black folk with the black, with the mm-hmm. black folks? One, I, uh, it was three out of every. It was either three out of every, out of every four, or it's four out of every five. I'm sorry, I don't remember. But white people agreed with the verdict. So even at even at one uh, even at three out of every four, that's still seventy five percent of white America that you're not fighting right now. And I think that that is... Uh, that but when I say America's at You're war, talking about the system. The system. I, I understand. Not, not like each single white person walking the street. But the system gets changed when the populace finally goes, we've had a fucking enough of this. And, and, and to have 75% of the people go, yeah, that's the right thing. When not so many years ago, when Rodney King was beaten and there was video, mm-hmm. and it was outlandish, the idea that that was... They didn't find them guilty at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in a different America a little bit. I think we're in a little bit different of America if we have uh, even three out of every four saying that that was the correct verdict. This is a different time. We have. I'm not saying it's been fast enough. I'm not saying it's improved enough. I'm just saying it shows that there's a difference right now. And I think that. And I. And going back to what I said, why I see why the apprehension to celebrate because this is the time not to take a break. Yes, I think you should get to celebrate a little bit, but I think the foot, you have to keep your foot on the pedal because this and is. And that's a, all I'm saying. Yeah. Just take a, give me, give, let niggas have a day. Yeah. You know, it, you know, at least 
you know, have a piece of cake and go back to work. Yeah, I, there you go. I, I'm not trying to, to make it seem so simple, but I mean, it's just, I do understand what you're saying. I understand what they're saying because this is a time you, you can't let go. Here's what we need to see now, though, which becomes the part where it's like, because a lot of people will say, oh, they just threw us a bone. Um, and, and I'll take the bone because, you know, we need something. But now it's about consistency. Are we going to see cops consistently be held accountable? Because if we see that, that to me is when cops have to go, oh, shit, we, we can't keep getting away with this. There's consequences and repercussions. Or is it, look, we gave you the bone. Now let's get back to business as usual. Which then becomes, yeah, now I really see the frustration. Well, there's a couple ways that this could be looked at because I'm, I'm listening to, you know, all everyone writing right now and people don't want to be police now and people are quitting the police because uh, they feel like they're going to be in more danger. Well, th- this is the opportunity to change the way we police, though, you know, because you are going to be in more danger if you have to take an as you said, when you saw that. And I didn't even say this. There's something I wanted to say about the, the, the before we even go any further. I need to say this because I'll forget if I don't. When he said, uh, if it was a white girl, and he said, rather than the person who called, mm-hmm. basically said she called the police. And I've heard this in a lot of people's descriptions. She called the police, and she's the one who got shot. When that cop pulled up, there was no, he doesn't know who called the police. You saw the melee. That like was going, I said, yeah, chaos. He has to deal with the moment at hand. He has to quell the chaos and then go, what happened? So when you're, when you're putting these scenarios together, though, when people are writing these scenarios down to you and to me and you know, to letters to editors and asking these questions, you have plenty of time to think about this. But you're not taking Thank account about how much time he, this person it's has so to react It's so easy for people on the outside looking in to go, what should have been done, what I would have done. It's very different when you're in the heat of that motherfucking moment. Now, I, I'm not trying to relegate being a stand-up comedian to life and death because obviously they're worlds apart. But the point being, what stays the same is people going, man, I could do that. I could be funny. I'm funny around friends and family where I'm comfortable that know me. Then when you get your ass up on that stage and that light hits you and you're looking at strangers look at you with a face that says, make me laugh, motherfucker. Something in you changes. Something in you freezes. Something in you makes you go, holy shit, now it's real. Now it's different. What you think you could do versus what you actually have to do in the moment. Two different fucking things. I can tell you right now, I know there are people that come to my shows and go, man, I want a picture with him. I I hope I get a picture with him. If he says yes, I'm going to get a picture with him. I'm going to take a picture. And I can't tell you how many times people go to take the picture and the person holding the camera shaking like a motherfucker. Their hands is Ali, nigga. Their hands is quivering because the moment's here. Now, obviously, some people are cool as ice, but the moment's here. And now it's, holy shit, I don't want to fuck up this picture. Holy shit, this is actually happening. So I'm just saying, again, I'm not trying to compare jokes to tragedy. I'm just saying, we all assume when we're not in the heat of the moment, what we can do. Especially what you're saying is something as minor as getting a picture taken. Right. And you get like nervous. So someone who imagine now you're walking into a heated situation. Imagine you have no idea who called the police. Come on, man. You just have a melee going on in front of you. That's why I said when I said yesterday, all those the black folks going, but but uh, them girls went over there to jump her. That's a moot point. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. What's relevant is when the cop pulls up, chaos. So. Um, now I forgot what I was saying before that because I wanted to make sure I got that part in. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember where we were. What were we talking about? Uh, you know, uh, freezing up. And was it a white girl? that would? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm going to let all this go because uh, I, I don't remember where I was at. I, I'm going to look back at this and be disappointed with myself for not remembering. But um, I, oh, I, I remember what I was going to say. All right, say. here we go. Um, as, as we move forward, as we're moving forward right now, this is what I was saying with the momentum and people on uh, – white people actually th- – this, this is the important part about it. 
it, it's instead of we know what racists think. Racists are racist. They're out in the open. It's it's the people that do nothing but aren't that say that they're not racist, but they let racism happen. <laughs> Those are the people that don't affect change. Those are the people that really hurt any movement. And when I saw that three out of four agreed with this, and that movement is there, we have to we have to put as much of that in place as possible right now. That's why I don't want to slow down on this either. That's what I under, when we go back to that understanding that use that momentum where they actually saw and could not turn away from what happened. When when you look at and I, I just read this article too about uh, one of the things that they did in the trials to show show how calm and how um like chauvin chauvin's face was about yeah i'm doing this and there's nothing you can do about it well you really think that's what it was yeah and it, it, i i really think that's you a, didn't sense any fear or any in chauvin yeah he had no fear he did he was mad that those people were yelling at him he, he i oh you talking about with the knee on the neck moment yeah oh okay i thought you meant in trial no 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 right when they, when they tear, show, they show the picture of the moment when he's like Pat, when he's when when George Floyd is leaving, right? He's just he's he's mad. He's mad that you how dare, how yeah, how dare you know, question yeah. me and what I'm doing? I'll do whatever I want to do. And then that's when you they show him like dig in more. Yes, yeah, white arrogance, white racist arrogance. Um, but this is the, but everybody got had to see this. Yeah, uh, real quick, try to make a little levity here. Uh, I saw it was somebody posted on the internet. Remember the picture of uh, the movie with Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart? And Kevin Hart is braiding Will Ferrell's hair. Yeah, yeah. They replaced that with Chauvin and Bill Cosby. <laughs> Bill Cosby is braiding Chauvin's hair. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that's right. Come on, sit between my legs. Going to braid your hair, and then when I'm done, going to put my pudding stick in your neck. Who do you think's more upset about that picture, Chauvin or Bill Cosby? I don't even know if Bill Cosby understands it. You know, he's got that one gray eye, so who knows? Um, but yeah, um, Thomas Salvagilio is my Italian friend. I think we uh, read a, read one of yours. Yeah, we read one of yours. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. All right. Uh, yo, Aries, lately I've been watching Sanford and Son since I found it on Hulu. Bro, you if you aren't cast, casted, cast uh, for a biopic of Dude, then we burn in Hollywood down. The resemblance is crazy. The movements and the way you act in general, it's almost like you were his apprentice. Y'all should do a skit with you as Red and put Andy. Oh, this is the one I sent to you. And put Andy in blackface to play the son. Laugh my ass off. Nah, joking. Anyways, man, stay up. Andy, whenever you're in New York, hit me up. I'll bring the beers. You bring the couch. Holla at me. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Yeah, dude, when I read this, I told you I died to fuck laughing. Just seeing Andy as Lamont in blackface made me fucking howl. You know, you know how you said sometimes you want to give me a bell, that ding ding. Yeah, you should just give me a dummy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that would that would be funny. <laughs> oh, Lamont, nigga, what? Yeah, oh man, um, you big dummy. I wonder what happened because I remember Tracy Morgan was supposed to do that biopic, and I, it seemed like it it just never. I don't know. know. Well, dude, he got in that accident though, isn't that? He, I don't know if that was it, but again, I, I, and I'm not hating on Tracy. I think Tracy's funny in his own weird way, but I couldn't think of a more horrible choice. And, and I'm not even saying me. Take me out the equation. That that Tracyisms. There's two. Yeah, Tracy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't see him pulling off Red Fox, nigga. Well, you do um, when you speak. You have little. Uh, you have a. That that he had, that uh-huh. Fox had you you have that already in right. your in the way you speak, and I'm not trying to upset you or anything, but as as I've worked with you this last three years, mm-hmm. you're walking more and more like uh, Red Fox Get every the fuck day. Out of here, nigga. <laughs> you slowing Get down, the fuck out fucking of here. ripping that leg over them the other oh. slow. Um, you're getting old, man. Listen, 
when your hair goes gray, listen, oh, there's no. a there's a if you ever seen a movie Why the Fools Fall in Love with Lorenz Tate, Halle Berry, and Vivica Fox. And I goddamn it, I've mentioned this on the PC. It pissed me off to again the, the director, Gregory Nava, was such a dick. Uh I had a small scene to begin with, but he cut it down to thank you, good night. Um where I was slimmer, and I was a younger red. I, they dyed my hair red, slicked it back. Um, and so, yeah, I'm agreeing with you, uh, Thomas Italian guy. Um, so, who knows? Um, but, yeah, Tracy, I just... Yeah, that's how you eat elephant pussy. You get all <laughs> up in there. You, you eat the elephant pussy. Yeah, yeah I, I can't see it. <laughs> um, I still like... You do... I like your Tracy Morgan, but I really like... I also like... Uh, Jay uh, Morris. Jay Morris. Oh yeah, Jay. My my. That's my daughter. <laughs> that's my daughter. Yeah, his his is good too. Um, Ryan Pinner, A and A Production. Aries, what's what's good, man? Huge fan of all your work and love the Jew and the Jerk. Been listening for about three months now and caught up on all the episodes. I've heard you and Andy say you need a podcast producer numerous times. <clears throat> you God. Need- Damn! You need Rolaids. Rolaids. This episode's <laughs> sponsored. I can I can not only record audio but visual as well, as well as edit them. Would love to work with you guys and help build the podcast. Please contact me if we could arrange a time to speak more in depth. You know the hard thing, uh, Ryan, is we're, we're on the road, so it's not like it, it'd be different if we had a studio where we we always record from. The cameras are in place. The lights. But we're we're moving constantly. This is a gorilla podcast. Yeah. So man. unless we could take you on the road with and you bring the equipment and all of that, it's just something that's not. It's just not. It's not realistic. Um, but we appreciate your uh, interest, brother. Um, stay tuned. Keep staying tuned because who knows? One day we might get a studio. Build one. Fuck it. Um, there you go. Um, Deidre and Johnson. Episode 248. Hey guys, I haven't seen the Tina Turner documentary yet, but I will. She and Shaka were my absolute favorites growing up. I love that wild energy from Tina and the wild sexiness from Shaka. I think that Sharon Jones was so underrated and did have some of Tina's guttural sound. Unfortunately, she died at age 60. Check her out and she sends us a link. Yeah, I've never heard of Sharon Jones. Mm. Um, And I tell you, a young Shaka Khan... Was sexy as a motherfucker. What, I read somewhere that she was a Black Panther. Really? I never heard that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, and listen, I, I think Tina Turner was always known for her legs. That was her big sexy thing. Um, I never found Tina Turner sexy. I mean, I loved her voice. I loved the music. You know, I respect her story. But she never did it for me like that. Shaka Khan was a bad bitch thing when she was young. Shaka Khan? Shaka Khan. I'm every woman. It's all in me. When I, when I did DJ yeah. in the 80s, Shaka Khan, when I was in need of song to get everybody yeah. on the dance floor. That, that was, was it? That three, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. And everybody's on the floor. Doom, 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 doom. Uh, would it be just women or women and men? Women and men. It was, you know, it was in Arizona, and it was a, it was, it was a club. It was 1983, mm-hmm. and everybody would just. It, it was, it was fun to DJ then because music was mixed. It wasn't, uh, um, you know, there was rock song. That was when you could play Shaka Khan and Duran Duran at the same time. Music was real music, and it was everything. Everybody was, everybody was there just to. Just to dance. It wasn't about... That's what the fuck Eric Venable is talking about. There you go. Shit. Um, dude, I, I, I... One dude. Oh, goodness. And we said this uh, with Kylie, uh, which... Uh, damn, I'm trying to think in my head. Boom, boom. Okay, anyway. We said with Kylie on one of the email episodes... Um, which I think was last week. Uh, everybody ain't good, man. Most of the people that do this shit stink. Uh, there was a dude who sent me a DM of a track he made, and I, it was just music, instrumental. 
it sounded like video game music from the late 80s, early 90s of a kid's game. I mean, it was bad, nigga. It was bad. You're supposed to just be beats? Yeah. I said, ain't nobody rapping to that. That shit garbage. Um, but yeah. Um, well, what if you used those beats and turned audio t- auto-tune all the way up? Then would it sound right? I think it would sound worse. <laughs> Hold up. G- give me one quick second. Uh, I ain't going to say the motherfucker's name. But, you're, but what you're saying is right. Most people aren't good. It's, right. That, that's why only so many, that's why the top is, there's only a few people up there. Right. You know, when you play football, as a little kid, everybody wants to start off as the quarterback. Right, because that's the top-tier position, right? Yeah, and then we find out that you might only be good at knocking people down. <laughs> so you're on the line, you know? It's just- oh, this is it, yeah. Um, so just, here we go. Tell me you don't see Mario yeah, I, running I mean, into I, some castle to save a bitch. No, you can hear it in the back, but I, I can hear someone rapping over this as well. Oh, nigga. It's not, not anyone we know, but I could see it like on a SoundCloud rapper. That shit is garbage, nigga. Like, a, a spaceship. Like, like when the graphics were bad. What? That is trash, nigga. Does the song stay that way the whole way? Yes. You, 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 you. Game over. That's when you should throw your Pac-Man sound at the end of that thing. You, 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 you. Game over. (laughs) That shit is horrible, man. I got to be honest. White people couldn't dance to that at all. No, I think white people could dance exactly to oh, that. But they would without rhythm. Just, no, 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 no. But just like that shit is all over the place, <laughs> they could match that. <laughs> yeah, they, they could match that. Um, uh, uh, save that one. That's a bit long. Um, Darius Davis, BG's Doc and To Catch a Predator. Uh, from the D. Davis. Yo, what's poppin' Aries and Handy? Yo, I just watched the BG's doc. That shit had me like, what the fuck? Those were white niggas singing those hits? Laugh out loud. That nigga Barry Gibb looked like the Jesus pictures <laughs> my grandmother had on the wall. Great doc overall and lots of good information. Also, I've been watching To Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen. These dudes literally are sick in the head, but the funniest shit is when Chris is reading the chat log back to them after they deny saying the vulgar shit they said. I always imagine instead of Chris Hansen, it's Paul Mooney that comes out and surprises them. Well, please bless my week with a quick impression. Stay up. Much love to y'all from Dallas. (laughs) Nigga, nigga, come here. Sit the fuck down. All of the shit. You are are sick. You are a sick son of a bitch. Going after these little children. Your screen name is Punch It, Punch It. In that little innocent box. Nigga, what were you thinking? What the fuck were you thinking? Disgusting. They should lock you up under the goddamn jail. Matter of fact, they should feed you to all of the other predators. All of you niggas are sick. Disgusting. Disgusting. And you all are basically white. I knew it. I knew it. White people, this is what you do. You're monsters. All of you are monsters. Niggas don't do this. Well, they do, but I'm Paul Mooney, so I'm going after the crackers. All right. That's all I got, brother. I hope that works for you. The Crackers and Richard Pryor's son. Oh, shit. What was I thinking, nigga? What? Matter of fact, fuck that. Let me talk to myself. Paul, nigga, what were you thinking? Screen name, the comics, son's cock. What were you thinking? (laughs) Okay. Oh, man, that was bad. All right. Um... Time for one more. Uh, my boy, Mookie. 
Matthew Riggins, and I've been meaning to see this movie, City of Lies with Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker. Uh, yo, can you guys please with this movie and do a review, City of Lies. It's the movie version, if series of series unsolved, uh, Murders of Biggie and Tupac on Netflix. You can watch that eight-episode series as well and review it. I think you guys would murder that on the podcast. Mookie, did you see that? No. I saw. I think I saw one of the episodes. I was curious about it. No, but he's talking about the movie. No, I didn't see the movie. Yeah, the movie uh, with Johnny Depp and uh, Forrest Whitaker. I watched one of the episodes of the of the series. Series. Yeah. How was that? It was good. Yeah. I mean, but I, I there's so much stuff that I want to see. Right. And now as we're starting to work more, I get to see less. You know, it's not as easy as it was during you know pandemic. Right. The, the, the heart of the pandemic. So right. I'm just trying to st- stay caught up on what I want to see. Uh, it's a good movie, man. Um, uh, Forrest Whitaker's good in it. Johnny's good in it. And, uh, you know, they really get into the Biggie thing and how corrupt and fucked up the shit was. And I'm, I'm listen, I'm glad Shook Knight is locked up. He's an evil dude, man. He's just an evil motherfucker, dude. Um, I don't see what was good about him in any way, ever. Um, oh, you're going to get letters now, too. Uh, shit. Um, and I love how they weaved in a lot of Biggie's tracks within the movie. It's a solid movie, man. I liked it. I'll have to check it out. Um, you don't do Forrest Whitaker, do you? No. I've never, I've never even tried. Uh, but everybody would try to do the eye. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that there's a sound for Forrest Whitaker, though. Maybe there is. There's definitely, I think, a cadence. He takes a lot of pauses within sentences. Yeah. See the thing? And when you do it, and you knew. There's a, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that there's a sound. That people would get if you were doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, bop, 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 bop. Time for the music. Anything you want to add before we jump into this? No, but I think we should do a review of some Forrest Whitaker movies. Like Last Samurai. That Doesn't he play like a, a badass? Yeah. See, I don't know. I can buy that. <laughs> Nigga got half an eye and slicing everything on point. Dude, he's great. Is uh, um, in that series that I told you you should watch, but I haven't watched the second season. The Godfather. Godfather. Uh, oh, the uh, the the uh, Godfather Harlem. Yeah, I've been meaning to do it. I, I, you know, he does a great job in it. Yeah, a couple of shows. I, I have really been meaning um, to do that shit, man. I just be you know trying to catch up on one thing before I start something else. But I saw some outtakes, and he walks funny. Yeah, he kind of got like his knees are knock kneed, but his feet are out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his knees touch, but his toes don't point forward. They go east and west. So it's good when they film him. They film him pretty much no lower than, you know. See, and that, that, but see that there we go. A badass with a bad eye, knock knees, and uh, weird feet. I can't, you know. But he's accomplished actor. And he they, made it despite all that. They got to shoot that nigga from the waist up and half the face. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to film you in silhouette. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, again, if anybody wants to comment, uh, email Spears 45 at Hotmail. New listeners, welcome. And as always, start from the beginning. Please do not go out of sequence. You are doing a disservice to yourself. Uh, by the way, this episode's airing. We are in... Uh Spokane. Well, we are in Spokane now, but we're going to be oh. in uh, in Portland when this is out. And so you might want to sing the song. Well, well no, 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 no. Um, Reminding her. Oh, right, because next week we're off. Yeah. And then that's when boom, and then boom, boom, boom. Right, we're in Portland. Right now, we're gonna, right now where you listen to this, we're in Portland. Farewell, farewell, no time is a good time for your own. Yeah, baby, we're going to take a picture with you uh, and post that motherfucker. You better, I swear, girl, if you're not, I'm going to get in a three-finger stance, Omaha, Omaha, and blitz the shit out you. From the waist, I'm going to blitz you on top of the merchandise table. CDs and T-shirts going to be flying <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... This is from Papa. Bet your new. <laughs> you just visioning T-shirts, it's flying everywhere. CDs flying everywhere. No, all of a sudden my my uh, my marketing brain kicked in, and I thought we should do a, a whole CD of you 
and these knockoff songs that you <laughs> 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 saw the show. Like buckwheat singing again. <laughs> Looking for nub in all the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just going to butcher all these fucking songs. Uh, Betcha, new single by Reagan Gray. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, and I look forward to hearing my single, Betcha, played on your podcast soon. God bless Reagan. I think there's a woman, too. Um, baby, you didn't really include your socials, which I have said repeatedly, so people can holler at you. But hopefully it's good, and they'll find you, because when you're great, you get found. If you're horrible, you get signed to Garbage Bag Productions. So hopefully you're not on Garbage Bag Productions did you with that come up beat with, I played. Did you come up with Garbage Bag Productions or was that an emailer? That no, that was, that was the doctor. The doctor. Maurice Doctor. Yeah, that was in Garbage Bag Productions. Yeah, I gar- still think that's so fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, and they just signed their first um, artist recently. Well, maybe we should start our own. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should start our own label and call it Garbage Bag yeah, Productions. Yeah, and- give whack niggas a chance to... <laughs> Fail. <laughs> uh, all right. Here it is. Enjoy. Reagan Gray, y'all. Uh, betcha. Feel it, baby. 